This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. First of all, don't you just love that little beat right there? You just want to kind of bob your head to it. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime you can get a good beat in church, that just makes it all that much better. But uh, sorry for that little sidetrack. Hey, I'm really excited because this morning uh, I, I have a friend in town and, and I'm really excited because he's going to come share with us. And, and one of the things that I love about our church is that we are all about the loss and the broken and the hurting and the destitute. And, and how do we reach out and make a difference in their lives? And, and not just here locally, but nationally and internationally. And so today I have a really good friend in. He is the president of an organization called Children's Cup, which is a missions organization that's, that's all throughout the world reaching the loss and the hurting and the broken and the destitute, especially in, in the in the nation of Africa and uh, in, in the nations of Africa. And so uh, he's become a great friend, was really instrumental in, in loving me through some situations where I was just struggling really bad and I needed a really, really good friend. And he was one of the guys that was just instrumental in my life in that period of time. And so would you guys give a big warm coastal welcome to, to Ben Rogers here. Hey, good morning. I guess good up. No, it's still good morning. We've got a couple minutes, right? How are you guys today? Come on, you guys are pumped up. Yes. Well, hey, Pastor TJ, man, we are so honored to be here today. You have a phenomenal pastor. Well, okay, hold on. Time out, time out. That's the part. Okay, shh. That's the part where you go, yeah. Okay, can can you just help me out? I, I, I know like Florida. I'm, so I'm actually from Louisiana where we know how to celebrate like national championships at least a few years ago. So they make some noise. You know, probably Alabama, they kind of know that. Florida, I know it's been a little while, but okay, here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. You guys have an amazing pastor. Yes. I, I promise you, if you did that every Sunday, Pastor TJ would preach 10 times better and probably be a lot, a lot shorter. Awesome. But hey, I'm so, so glad to have Pastor TJ as a friend. Like you said, about a year and a half ago, he came on a mission trip with us to Africa. I tell you this, man, there is nobody that loves people just authentically and as gritty as as Pastor TJ, man. He will reach out and connect with you and his wife, Shayla. They do an amazing job. And, uh, but he's crazy. Do you know that? He's kind of crazy. I mean, half of you probably showed up today just because you wondered, like, what is TJ going to do today? And I remember going on this, this missions trip with him, and we had a great time until we got to this place called Victoria Falls, like the last day we saw some of the falls. And, like, he loves playing the edge. He's, like, standing on the edge, like there's a thousand-foot drop-off. And he's like, hey, would you hold my hand while I kind of, like, hang over the edge? And I'm sitting there. I'm scared of heights. I'm, like, crying, crying out to God. Please, God, don't let him fall because his wife is going to kill me all that kind of stuff, but man, he just, he, he loves, he loves doing crazy things, but man, we're so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have my wife, Susan, and Susan, can you just stand and wave at everybody? Come on, beautiful, yes. We're celebrating 19 years of marriage this year. Can you believe 19 years? Like, there's no way that she looks old enough to be married for 19 years, and the truth is, we, she was actually 12 when we got married, because I figured if she was any older than that, she would realize, hey, I'm not all that. So I married her. Okay, some of you are like, that's kind of creepy, creeper. No, okay. The, the truth is, actually, she's older than I am. Okay, wait, wait. I, let's not get into age. I, I can tell right now. That's, that's going to be, I, I'm going to hear about that later. But just, 
Just excited to be here. We, Susan and I have the privilege of working with an amazing organization called Children's Cup. We get the opportunity to plant churches, life-giving churches all over the world in some of the most desperate, some of the most hopeless, some of the most war-torn areas of, of the world that are affected by disease. And our focus is helping and empowering those local churches to reach out to orphan and vulnerable children. Kind of the children that everyone says, hey, just leave them alone because they're pretty much worthless. Those are the kids that we believe that our God kind of says, hey, those are my kids. Those are the kids that I really love the most. So would you go and help them out? That's what we're all about with Children's Cup. And I tell you, I think we have the most amazing job in the world. Come on. Yes. Okay, you're all excited about that. Not as much as I am. But very, very cool. So I want to throw up, we have a, a picture of my, my family here. I got, I have two lovely daughters. There's my son. You can tell them they all look like their mama. They're all good looking. So uh, excited about their family. It's, it's funny, they go to school here in the United States now. They've grown up all their life in Africa, and they have several African-American friends, and they call them American Africans because my kids have grown up in Africa. They actually are more African than they are American. Um, my daughter can speak a little bit of different languages, and I mean, they just, they do kind of weird things every once in a while. Uh, the greatest thing is this, because we know a different language, we can tell our, our kids uh, we just, you know, sometimes they're misbehaving or something. We'll pat them nicely and say this nice phrase, Dakshawena, which in the language where we serve meant, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and see, everyone's like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, I'm never going to be able to use that here. But they're like, that's so beautiful. Is that a term of endearment? And we're like, kind of. I guess you could see it that way. And obviously our kids are like, you know, they're, they're pretty cool. But I, I, I know this as, as a missionary and as people that serve on the, on the foreign mission field, it seems like people come up to me all the time and they're like, man, like, how do you, like, get to that level where you're willing to go to Africa? And I'm like, man, Africa is not that bad. I mean, you know, as Pastor TJ, it was pretty slamming. And we got to see, there were some definitely hurting places, but there's amazing places. So you all can come to Africa. Like, here's your invitation. Come on, everyone say, ooh, yeah. Okay, awesome, okay. Man, you guys are a lot more lively. Well, anyway, but I want to tell you this. I want to share just a quick story about my, my daughter because I, I, I know that sometimes people think missionaries are kind of weird, kind of no, they're not ordinary, and that, that is true. I am kind of weird, and uh, you'll know that by the time we get done here today. But, but I, I'll tell you this. We're just average, ordinary people, just like you and just like the people sitting around you, that God does supernatural things through. And we're, just, we're, we're crazy enough to say, yes, God, whatever you want, we'll, we'll go do it. Okay, I, I don't know Swaziland. I didn't even know that was a country. My, thing, my son thinks it's Candyland, but okay, let's go. That's cool. But here's the deal. I remember, you know, my, when my oldest daughter was just over a year old, we had this amazing experience. I'm going to highlight my parenting ability. Here it goes. How many parents do we have in the house? Some parents? Okay, awesome. You'll all relate to this. So my, my wife leaves. My, I only have one child at the time. A friend of mine has three kids. They're all in diapers, right? So my wife leaves them at home, and I, I'm supposed to be watching, the, watching my daughter. Now, notice I said watching and not babysitting, because my wife has informed me that if they're my own kid, then it's not babysitting. Okay, some of you ladies are like, Yeah. <laughs> You need to listen to that. Okay, guys, just a little pointer. Anyway, so I'm watching my daughter, and actually I'm not really watching her because she's playing with other kids in the other room. My friend and I are sitting there watching some football, hanging out, when I broke the number one cardinal rule of parenthood. And as soon as I say this, you all are going to know what I'm talking about. It got quiet. I don't even know when kids get quiet, nothing good comes from that. Unless they're sleeping. Even then, sometimes it's crazy. It got quiet, and man, we just, we, we were having such a good time. We didn't really go and investigate until all of a sudden one of my friend's daughters runs in and says, Mr. Van, Mr. Van, come quick. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, death, dismemberment, okay, what, what's going on? So I run in, and I see my beautiful, I mean, she's just, 
my daughter was gorgeous, blue eyes, blonde hair, just gorgeous little kid. And I, I, I run in and all of a sudden I see the toxic avenger. She had decided to take her diaper off and take poo and smear it all over her, like body paint all over her. And like the smell was terrible. But not only did she decide to do that, she decided to redecorate the entire living room. Can, are you with me now? Like the smell, and like I ran up to my daughter and all of a sudden I'm like, no, no, no. my wife can tell you, I have a little bit of a gag reflex issue. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I want to help my daughter. And she's crying. She's like, daddy, would you help me? And I'm like, and it, it, was, it was crazy. And of course, you know, the first thing I do, because I'm a great dad and I have all great wisdom and I know what to do next, the first thing I really do after I see this is I'm like, Susan! And of course, that didn't do anything good for me at the moment, except make a really good story for my daughter to tell my wife later when she got home. But eventually, I was able to get her to the bathtub and kind of like washed her off by, you know, through distance. And, and we, we got her... We got her fixed up. But you know what? That experience taught me something amazing about reaching out to the hurting that over the last 12 years of spending just about every day involved in the lives of the hurting is this. My daughter was extremely deep in the nastiness and the, the poo that she had wiped all over her. Uh, and he, are you ready for this deep theological, this deep theological saying? Are you ready? Like some of you need to get your notebook out. You need to get your iPhone out because like you need to Twitter this. It's going to change the world. Are you ready? I mean, Pastor TJ is already like, okay, Ben, you kind of oversold that. But okay, come on. Anyway, are you ready? Here it comes. This is what my daughter taught me. Sometimes you're so deep in the poo, you just don't know what to do. Okay, some of you, I, I noticed you kind of missed that. You know, here you go. Here, I mean, it's deep theological stuff. I mean, this, I, like, I had to study the Bible for 40 years to kind of really understand that. Here it is. It's sometimes you're so deep in the poo you don't know what to do. And what I mean by that, okay, that's kind of a goofy little saying, but I want this to kind of stick with you is this. In the lives of people that are hurting, I'm talking about people that have really been hurt, people that have been abused, people that have been betrayed, people, people that have, have been severely neglected in a lot of their lives, people that have been in a cycle of hurt ever since they were born. You know what? They see them, people see themselves just like I saw my daughter. I didn't see a beautiful little cherub one-year-old. I saw nasty poo. And a lot of times when we see hurting people, that's what we see. We don't see them for what they are. We, all we can see is the hurt. All we can see is the pain and the suffering that's kind of surrounding them. And here's the hard part and the reality is a lot of times that's all they see of themselves too. And I believe that my purpose in being here today is this, is to try to inspire, motivate, equip, empower you to get in the game and to reach out to people that are hurting. You know, and really, here's, here's the story of Children's Cup. We started about 20 years ago. My father-in-law started Children's Cup. He, he went on a missions trip to Haiti, and he had this experience that changed his, the course of the rest of his life. He was there to kind of go to an adult place to, not, wait, I, I better be careful I said it. Uh, he went to a place to minister the gospel to, to adults, and he was there to, to preach the, the message and the hope of Christ, and he was on his way to, to be able to preach that night. He was in his leisure, white leisure suit. That tells you a little bit about how long ago this was. Uh, some of you don't even know what a white leisure suit is. That's, that's a good thing, but it's probably coming back. Um, anyway, so he's, he's walking when this little kid that is just covered in filth runs up to him and pushes in and grabs a hold of his leg. And this little kid is one of those kids that was probably a lot like my daughter. He was just covered in filth. 
He's probably six or seven years old. He never had a bath in his life. You could smell him, and it was, he was just, he was disgusting. And just instinctively, my father-in-law went to push him away, just out of first response, not even really thinking about it, when all of a sudden, God spoke to him right in that moment. And he said, Dave, what in the world are you doing? These are the people that I've called you to spend the rest of your life ministering to. The people, the, the kids that everyone else say are repulsive, the kids that everyone else just kind of throws away. I'm calling you to rescue those kids. And for the next 45 years, until he died two years ago, he spent pretty much every day of his life finding innovative ways to reach out to hurting kids around the world. And that's really kind of the story of Children's Cup. It started with that one child, but today we are able to minister to just over 10,000 children that are orphaned, that have been abandoned, that have been forgotten, that have been abused, that have been involved in child slavery. We've been able to rescue those kids out of, out of the hurt and out of the poo and been able to minister the gospel of Christ with them. And here, the truth of the matter is this, that God's not just called us as Children's Cup to do that. He hasn't just called Pastor TJ to do that. He hasn't just called missionaries to do that. He's called you. He's called you to get in, involved, get in the game of the, in the lives of the hurting. So do, do me a favor. Just poke the person next to you for a second. Just shake them a little bit. Come on. It's, it's late in the day. Shake them. Say, he's talking about you. You got to get in the poo. Yes. It's like, you're going to remember that. Like, this message may not be so great, but you're going to remember. Sometimes people are so deep in the poo, you just don't know what to do. You're going to remember that. But here's the, the, the truth that I want to highlight. I'm going to read just a scripture here in just a second that talks just a little bit about this. That in the lives of hurting people, sometimes people are hurting so badly that they desperately need the faith and the love of somebody else to be able to connect them to Christ. They, they need somebody else to get involved in their life because they see no future. They see no hope. All they see is pain and suffering. And there's a great story in the Bible found in Luke 5. I, I just want to kind of highlight this story to you quickly. Uh, because, man, I think it, it has an amazing truth in it that I just want to highlight about how important it is for us as believers, as followers of Christ, to get in, involved in the lives of the hurting. Like, you could say this. If you're a follower of Christ in the Bible, the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament pretty much says, hey, if you're not involved in the lives of the hurting, like in John, First John it kind of says this, then you know what? I kind of question, is the love of God even in you? And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty harsh. I mean, like, how can you say that? But that's how passionate God is about the hurting. I mean, he's so passionate that he sent his son Jesus to where? He was born in a, a manger, a stable. Guess what happens in a manger and a stable? There's animals. And in a, with animals, I mean, I grew up in Iowa. I know where you have animals, you have, you have poo. And here is God's only, only son that he sends down to a world full of mess, full of nastiness and poo. When I say poo, I mean this, hurt. Because, you know, where does hurt come from? The fact that we can all make our own decisions. In, in our selfishness, we hurt people. And hurting people hurt people, and it just kind of keeps generating poo. But God sent his only son, Jesus, to rescue us from that. He sent him right down in, in in that poo to rescue us. Here's a story that I want to read to you. It's found in Luke chapter 5, verse 18. I'm just going to read this very quickly. It's a very short passage. I think they have it up on the screen for you if, if you want to follow along. It says this. It's talking about when Jesus was on the earth, he was healing people. He was in this city called Capernaum. He was kind of in a house and he was healing people. And because of that, there was a huge crowd around. And that's where this story happens. It says this. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Something I've learned, friend, about, the, about helping the hurting is, you know what? It's hard work, and it takes pushing past the initial 
pushback because if you're going to help people that are hurting, then sometimes they're not the most happy that you're there because hurting people hurt people. And you know what? They need the love of God. So that's what's so cool about this story. These guys, these four friends of this guy on the mat, they didn't stop just because at the, at the first initial problem or challenge that they had, they kept going. They said, so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. You know, I kind of have this picture. You know, they didn't have sawzalls and chainsaws. They didn't just, okay, now we can lower them down. They had to kind of dig through the roof, and they lowered this guy down right in front of Jesus. And this is the part of the message, this, this scripture I want you to see, because I believe it's so important, and I believe God wants to speak this to you today. It's this. It says, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. It's not the faith of the guy that was on the mat. It's not the paralyzed dude that had the faith. It was the friends that said, hey, we have a friend that's so hurt. He's paralyzed. He's physically hurting. He's so deep in the poo, he doesn't know what to do that, you know what, it's going to take us to be able to get him and connect him to Jesus. And I believe that's what God's call is for you today if you're a follower of Christ is to say, hey, get in the game. Get in the game. There's people that need you to carry the mat to get them to Christ. And then the rest of the story goes on to say, man, God, God healed him spiritually. He healed him physically. And I mean, Jesus couldn't even travel in that town anymore because he was so, because that, the word of this guy's healing spread so much all over the place. So I want to I do this. I want to just give you a quick pattern because I know that a lot of us are sitting here saying, hey, you know what, Ben, that's great that you say that and what you're doing about the hurting. But you know what? You don't understand. I'm busy. I have bills to pay. I have kids to take to, to sports and all these different kind of things. I have a life. I don't have time. I don't have, I, I really, I, I just don't have any margin to get involved in the life of the hurting. And I would tell you this, man, God's word is full of promises to you if you will involve yourself in the hurting. Some of you are saying, hey, I don't feel very close to God. Well, I'll tell you this. If you want to get close to God, then biblically get close to the hurting. Because Psalms 34, it says this, God is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those that are crushed in spirit. Right? I mean, Jesus in, in, in Matthew 25 says this, hey, when you do it to the least of these, when you go out and help the hurting people, when you reach out to someone who's deep in the poo, then guess who you're helping? It's me. If you want to see Jesus, then start looking in the eyes of the hurting. I'm telling you, there's some incredible rewards and incredible blessing. And here's the secret is this. As you engage in helping be an agent of transformation in somebody else's life, here's what God does. He starts to change our life. He starts to do incredible things in us. He starts to bring healing in our body. He starts to bring restoration to our finances. God says, man, when you give to the, when you give to the poor, you're actually lending to me. And I'm telling you, God is a great bookie because, man, there's nothing that affects him, right? But sometimes people say this. They say, hey, you know what, I, Ben, I don't even know how. I mean, like, I, I don't have a clue. How do I help the hurting people? And I, I know this as Christians, sometimes we are the most guilty of actually, and with our good intentions, actually injuring hurting people more than helping them. So I want to give you just three quick things that I've learned from Scripture that are a little bit of a pattern in regards to how to help hurting people. And this isn't just something I read. This is something over the last 12 years of experiencing, working with some of the most dreadful hurts that people can experience in their life. I'm talking about child slavery. I'm talking about uh, abuse, like gang rape of, of girls and women their, their entire life in, in witchcraft kind of rituals and just junk like that. I'm talking about extreme hurt. I've seen God use these principles to take people from the poo to, to a life of influence and a, and a life of destiny and a life of purpose. 
So can I share these three things with you real quick? Okay, this isn't like, hey, here's three things, you know, yes, 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 and you're done. These are just some, some basic principles. But I, I, when I see, when, when I kind of I visualize things, when I, when I talk about the hurting, and I kind of have this picture. And if somebody's hurting, I kind of think about people being in a pit. You know what I'm talking about? Like a big pit, like a pit that's so deep that like when you fall into it, you can't really like see out of it. You don't see the person. I mean, it's like you're down in the pit quite a, quite a long ways. And if some of you have ever gone through, maybe you've been through divorce. Maybe you've lost a family member. Maybe you lost a child. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've been betrayed by somebody at work. You've been, you've been fired. I mean, just you've had a really low point in your life. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you know what I'm talking about in regards to being in the pit of hurt and pain and suffering. But here's, here's the challenge is sometimes we as Christians, we have these good intentions like there's the guy down in the pit, here's me as a Christian. So what we do is our good intentions, I want to help you. So we kind of yell down and we kind of give them, you know, our, our, our Christian lingo or, you know, our Christian slogans like, you know, hey, let go and let God. You know, hey, Jesus is the reason. Or sometimes we even give scriptures, hey, God, is, God works all things together for your good. Well, can I tell you something? When you just lost a child, when, when man, your heart is breaking in half, and, man, there, it just seems like there is no hope in life, then you know what? When someone is standing up here and they're, they're saying things down to you like that, it's discouraging. Like, you almost want to get out of the pit and just, whoop, you know, you want to help them change before they have to. You know what I'm saying? And this is what I believe God's saying to us is this. I, I believe God wants us to get in the game. He doesn't want us to stand on the edge of the pit and shout things down and, and meet practical needs and do all these things from here. God wants us to take a jump down. Because you know what? When somebody's hurting, they need somebody side by side. You know what? A lot of times when people are hurting, they feel all alone. Have you ever felt that before? You feel like, man, I'm the only one going through this. And I'm telling you this, it's amazing when you're hurting to have somebody come and wrap their arms around you and say, you know what, uh, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to try to give you all kinds of advice, but I want you to know I am with you. You know what, every single person in this place, you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a master's in psychology. You don't have to have a, a, a doctorate in divinity to be able to do that. All of us can do that. And I want to encourage you, would you jump out of comfort of where you are and jump in the pit with somebody? And here's three kind of simple things. Is one is when you're hurting, a lot of times, man, it messes up the, your eating pattern, your sleeping pattern. It, it just kind of messes up all of your life. And one of the first ways we can connect with somebody that's hurting is kind of jump down with them and be able to start meeting some practical needs. I mean, the Bible says, gives us some special promises about dealing with widows and orphans. As, as a matter of fact, James 1.27 says this, the purest form of amazing religion is to help widows and orphans in their distress. Like if you want to get the heart of God, that, that is the purest form of capturing the heart of God and then keeping yourself undefiled from the world. I'll let Pastor TJ talk about that next week. I'll concentrate on the orphans and widows this week. But if a, if a widow, man, I remember doing some outreach even in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and taking some hams to widows. And you know what? We didn't just drop the ham off. We, we kind of hung out for a little while. And what I realized is this ham was such a blessing to this woman. Uh, she was, I mean, and some of the men, they were so thankful. But you know what they're most thankful for is step number two. And that is just kind of nurturing them. They needed us to come as much as they needed a ham. That was a blessing to them. That was a connection point. But what they needed is they needed someone just to come and connect with them, just to listen. 
Did you know that just listening to somebody can be one of the most healing things that you can possibly do for somebody's life? Man, I'm telling you, some of you guys that are in here, uh, okay, here's like the best marriage advice I can possibly give you right here. Are you ready? It took me almost 20 years to learn this. A lot of times people don't need you to fix their problem. They already know the answer. They just need somebody to listen. I'm telling you, all the ladies are like, oh, yeah, come on. I mean, come on. I figured, ladies, help me out. Oh, yeah. Come on. My wife is over there. She's trying to contain herself. She's like, yeah, I taught him that. That's right. She did. Because that's what we do. We kind of jump into fix-it mode. Well, here's the one, two, here's the three steps of how to walk out of this pit, right? That's not what people need. People need to know that they're not alone. They need to have a connection. And they need somebody to just to listen and be able to identify with them. You know what? And then here's a really important part of this. We do this as children's cup with, with hurting kids. A lot of times we minister to orphans, children that have, have been abused severely. I mean, there's a lot of kids that we work with. That they, they've held their mom and dad for four to five days. They've held their dead corpse because they're, they're four, five, six years old. They don't know what dying means. They just know that mom and dad fell asleep on their lap and nobody's bothered to tell them they're dead until somebody comes and whisks the child away, never to see their parent again, never to have any understanding of what's happened. And I'm telling you, that leaves a deep, deep pain in the child's life. And we have amazing missionaries and national staff that work with those kids and minister to them as they come into what we call our care points. And I, I see this, number two, this nurture aspect happen. And it's maybe the most underlooked thing that we as Christians understand how to do. Because we kind of understand reaching out through practical means, like we give out water, we do different things like that. But number two actually requires us to invest in somebody. It requires us to give our time and our energy and to make ourselves vulnerable. And like as Americans, I'm learning, we don't really like that very much. But we desperately need that. Man, it seems like we're able to connect more than ever before with technology, but we're so lonely. People are lonely. If you'll just take the time to connect. We see this happen in Africa with our kids. It's amazing to see the transformation that happens over several years of just loving these kids. I mean, they literally transform from little emotional zombies to incredible young people that are full of passion of life and have joy and peace. And like, come on! What do we, which way do I go? This way? Okay, yes, I'll go this way. I mean, come on, I just want to make a difference. I want to help some other kids because I'm telling you, I know what Jesus has done in my life and I can't wait to tell somebody else. I've watched that time and time and time and time again. And I know that God doesn't just do that in Africa. He does it right here in America. But it takes somebody like you and somebody like me that will jump out of, off of, the edge, of the, the edge of the pit and get down in the poo with somebody because there are people that are so deep in the poo that they don't know what to do. And it might be a little bit messy. It might be a little bit hard to help meet practical needs to nurture somebody. But then number three, Oh, okay, we can help them climb out of the pit. Oh, okay, I need to work out a little bit more tomorrow. Pastor TJ is giving me his workout plan, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> why are you guys laughing? Pastor TJ, I don't know why they're laughing. That, that was a moment, that's right, amen. But you know, number three is this. Then after we've earned the right to be heard, and if you're a follower of Christ, please hear me about this. You know what, I, I really believe evangelism is going to look completely different in the future. I believe so, so many people have been hurt by well-meaning Christians, not well-meaning Christians, the church, that you know what, it's going to take people that will jump down in the pit, connect with people, help meet their practical needs, and then walk with them in community out of that pit. 
And then we can, after we've earned the right to be heard, then we can be able to speak to them. We can t- tell them about truth. Because the truth is this. If somebody's deeply hurt, it's only Jesus that can really heal somebody's insides. It's only Jesus that can do that. You can help bring them to Jesus just like those guys did on the mat, but there's no way that you can, do, you can heal somebody. You can't do that. So you've got to be able to do your part and then let God do his part. So three things, meet their practical needs, you can nurture them, and then you can help connect them to Jesus. And really, that's, that's exactly what these four guys on the mat did. That's what these four guys on the mat did. They rescued their, their friend that was in the poo so deep they didn't know what to do. I want to I wanna kind of wrap this up with a story. Um, and then kind of give you guys a challenge because I, I believe that my purpose in being here today is to try to inspire, motivate, kick you in the butt, whatever I have to do to get you out of the chair, to get you plugged in. Because I know that this church, the mission and purpose of this church, I know Pastor TJ, and I know that there are all kinds of opportunities for you to reach out as a, as a church member. But I also, or it, it's coming to this church. You don't even have to be a believer of Christ to go and reach out, do you, Pastor TJ? I can just show up on a Saturday and go reach, and I think Collier City is a place that there's a lot of hurting people that need people like you and me that will go and invest. There's missions trips that throughout the year for you to be able to go on and, and get involved. But you know what? Even more than those two things, there are people in your life, your life right now, maybe at your school, maybe at your workplace, maybe in your neighborhood, that they're hurting right now. They've gone through a divorce. They've lost somebody they love. They're, they're suffering major depression right now. And you know what? It's not very fun to be around them. It's not like you don't go over to their house and it's like exciting. You, everyone kind of shuns those people because, again, they're kind of covered in the poo of their hurt. But God's saying, hey, please, would you go? I'm asking you, please, who, who can go? Who can reach this person? And he's asking for you to get involved and think, Amy. Their life might be very dependent upon your willingness to get out of the, jump out of the pit and get down with them. And I, I can't think of a better story to kind of end this up to, to demonstrate the power of God's amazing love than this. There's a little boy that we got to work with. His name is Tino Tenda. And uh, Tino Tenda is from the country of Zimbabwe, which if you know anything about what's going on in the world, Zimbabwe is a political mess right now. Um, and it's, it's got the highest number of orphans of any country in the world. Um, a lot of Southern Africa where we work has, uh, HIV is, is just rampant. It's, it's the most concentrated there of anywhere else in the world. People die literally on a weekend when I was pastoring. Most of the weekend was spent doing funerals because so many people are dying and leaving children behind. And much like that kind of situation, this woman that was Tino Tena's mother was much like a lot of African women she, she came from an impoverished background. She was incredibly vulnerable, and she was willing to do whatever it took to get out of there. And she was incredibly vulnerable to any, any guy that would come along and make some promises and, and tell you, baby, I love you, and then she, she, was, she jumped into a relationship. And like many women, she got used, and then she got left. Pregnant, alone, sick, hopeless. Friends, I'm telling you today, the biggest disease that affects our world is not HIV. It's not the issue of poverty. It's not a political issue. It's the issue of a heart. It's called hopelessness. And you know what the good news is? As believers, we have the cure for hopelessness. His name is Jesus. Jesus is hope. 
But you know what? Hopelessness can settle in like a disease on your mind, and that's exactly what it did in this young lady's life because she could see no future for this, for this little boy. And she decided to make a very harsh decision because of just the hopelessness and the pain that she felt. She decided to take her small infant baby and bring him to an African pit toilet and drop her baby in the pit to be destroyed because she thought in the mind of hopelessness that she was thinking with that the kindest thing she could do is end the pain and the suffering of this child. And because of that, after she dumped the baby in the pit, she went out and she ended her life. The power of hopelessness. But the story doesn't end there. Because Tino Tenda, even, even as an infant, I think he was right around one year a little over a year old when this happened. He fought, he screamed. He tried to swim in this pit of human excrement to survive. We don't know if it was moments. We're pretty sure it was hours because of the amount of stuff that he ingested. But some little boys, just like those four guys on the mat, were able to come and jump down in the pit and get a rope and be able to bring Tino Tenda out of that pit. We're able to get him to one of the care points that Children's Cup works with. We're, we're able to get him some immediate medical attention and clean him up. But for, for the next couple of weeks and months and even the next year, we weren't sure if Tino Tendo would make it because he had ingested so much nastiness. But the story doesn't stop there. We had some amazing Zimbabwean caretakers that, you know what, they were willing to jump down in the pit. And they spent day after day after day with Tino Tenda. I think we have a picture of him at three years of age. This wasn't too long after he got rescued. You can see in his eyes the hurt and the pain. But with a consistent environment of love, a consistent environment, somebody willing to jump down in the pit and to be with Tino Tenda, they were able to love him and continue to encourage him and connect with Tino Tenda. Until last year, I was able to hang out with him. I think they have a picture here at 12 years old. And you would never know it was the same kid. I mean, talk about, you know, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate transformation. You know, the stuff they have on TV doesn't touch the story. Tino Tenda now is a passionate little kid that loves life, that is almost giggly and oozy with, with excitement when you're around him. And you say, hey, Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, man, when I grow up, I either want to be a pastor or I want to be a teacher because I want to be able to tell other kids that were in situations like mine that, you know what, God helped me through that situation. He can help you. A whole new cycle of hope has been started because people were willing, just like you, ordinary people have a mortgage, that have needs, that have challenges in their own life, were willing to step out and help this little boy. And they literally saved his life. And I believe that Tino Tenda's life is going to continue to be amplified and continue to minister to thousands of people. Who knows what his future is? But I want to throw this question out to you. I want to give you three practical ways very quickly that God wants to use you. Because this gets down to this. You could come here and listen to this message and say, oh, that's great. That's, that's nice about what happens in Africa. 
but that doesn't really apply to me. And man, if you forget everything else that I say today, I want you to hear this. God wants to use you. In your brokenness, in your hurt, in all the situations that you face right now, right where you are, God wants to use you. He wants to use you to engage in the life of the hurting. And here's three quick and simple ways you can do that. Number one is this. I know this is kind of a time of prayer and fasting for you as a church. And I want to encourage you. You know what? Getting in the life, getting involved in the life of the hurting starts with first things first, prayer. I want you to, will you do this with me? Would you pray and ask God to lay somebody on your heart, somebody that's at school, somebody that's at work, somebody that's around you, start to lay them on your heart, to start to flash that picture, that image, their name up on your mind, your heart. We start to pray for that person. Lord God, would you, in a simple prayer, just, hey, Lord, would you help me find some creative ways to, to connect and love this person? It's that simple. Number two is this, to give. I'm not talking about giving to an offering and children's cup or anything like that. I'm talking about when you get involved with the hurting, it's gonna cost time. Probably the most precious thing is time, but it might cost a little bit of money. But I'm telling you, that investment is definitely worth it. And I find people that invest in the lives of the hurting are some of the, some of the happiest, most joyful people that I, that I know. It's addictive, I promise you that. And the great thing is it has positive results that come out of it. And the last thing is to go. Pray, give, go. Would you say that with me? Pray, give, go. Pray, give, go. What I mean by go is this. I wanna challenge you as, as part of this Coastal Community Church. Would you sometime in the next couple of years make a commitment to go on a missions trip? And when I say missions trip, you know what? I'd love for all of you to come to Africa. But I just mean this, to get out of your known world, out of maybe your suburb, out of your house, out of your community, and will you get involved in somebody else's place that they're, where they're hurting? Man, what would just this community look like if just the people in this room did that? You know what? It would change this entire community. I mean, I believe the mayor of this community would be knocking on your door asking you, hey, you know what? Tell us, guide us on how to do this because you guys are making such a huge change in this community. Would you, would you go? Go on a missions trip. I, I learned this about your, your young people. The, statistically, this is true. The two things that help young people keep the faith as, that they were taught as a child into adulthood, the two things, going to church camp and going on a missions trip most impactful things that you can give to the life of a child and young person. Wow. And I have three kids. I want to make sure the things I've taught them, they follow through with in their adult life. But then go. Would you get involved? I mean, Pastor Greg is here and has an amazing ministry to call your city. You know what? They're looking for people that will engage and help out and spend some Saturdays helping out, jumping in the pit with somebody. Would you go? The people that you're praying for, they don't just need your prayers. They need you to jump off and get involved. Would you go? You know, I've heard it said many times, two-thirds of God's name is go. When he died, that's what he said. Hey, guess what? I'm going to give you a special power so you can go. There's something that happens supernaturally when we're willing to get out of our comfort zone and where we are and are willing to go. That might be across the ocean or it might be across the street. But I want to encourage you to go. Pray, give, go. 
there's a lot of hurting people right now that are around you, that their future is dependent upon how you respond to this message today. So I want to ask you to just to do this. Would you close your eyes for just a second? I just want to, want to ask you to kind of take a little bit of a mental inventory of the people that are around you. We're not too far into this new year of 2013, and I believe, God, that this could be your best year yet. What names, what faces are flashing in your mind right now? I believe God's speaking to you. Jesus, Jesus. Would you start to pray? Would you start to give? Would you start to go? And type, I want you to do this. If you have your phone or something with you, type that name down. Write that name down. Do something with that name right now. I want you to do something with that name. Put it down. Don't just think about it. Write it down. Because tomorrow, I want you to think about that name. I want you to wake up tomorrow starting to pray for that name. I believe God is going to do some incredible things here at Coastal Community, Community Church because of your commitment today. And I just want to lastly say this. If you're in this place today and you're hurting, maybe you'd say, hey, hey Ben, that's me. I'm, I'm the guy that's in that pit right now. I'm telling you, I've gone through something that's unimaginable. I want to tell you that scripture again. Psalms 34, I think it's 18 or 12 or 18 says this. God is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those that are crushed in spirit. God wants to come near to you. There's nothing like the plea of a person's heart to say, hey, God, help. And I know Coastal Community Church, I know Pastor TJ and Shayla, they want to connect with you. They, want, they don't want you to go through whatever it is that you're going through all alone. They want to jump down in that pit with you, but they may not know about it unless you tell them. And I know at the close of this service, they're going to have some pastors come up here and just be available. If you need to talk to somebody about that, I want to encourage you. You know what? Don't let 2013 be ruined by staying in the pit. Would you take, take a step today? I don't believe it's an accident that you might be here. God can heal you everywhere you hurt. So would you just stand with me and we can pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're close to the brokenhearted. Thank you, God, that you would want to use us as broken and messed up vessels to be able to reach out into the hearts to change people's lives. Lord God, it just blows my mind that you would want to partner with us that way. Lord God, would you help us with that name that we wrote down? Lord God, to, to, to continue to pray for that person throughout this day, would you help us to take action tomorrow? Lord God, we give you permission to mess with our lives. Lord God, to get in the game. And Lord God, for the hurting today, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would bring a peace upon them that is supernatural, that doesn't make sense in their circumstance. Lord God, would you help them to take that huge step towards, towards talking to somebody about that so they don't have to go through it alone. Lord, I pray that you would help no person to have to suffer all by themselves. Lord God, use us. Can you say that? Lord God, use me. Lord, use me. Here I am. I know my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, 
please visit coastalcommunity.tv.